Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. It's such an honor that you are taking your time to either watch or listen to this podcast right now. Color and Chaos exists as a cry from my heart that I can recognize within my life that's in the moments of chaos, the moments where I want to do nothing else but run away from or numb myself from the chaos and the pain and the hurt and the difficulty and the unknown that I am feeling and going through. This in the moments of chaos that I grow the most, not only as a person, but grow the most in intimacy with my creator, savior, and sustainer. And so likewise, instead of running away from or numbing ourselves from the difficulty that the unknown brings us each and every day, We have an opportunity through the chaos to lean into the chaos with a heart crying out to our creator, savior, sustainer. Even in the chaos, there's a color when we lean into the unknown, not through our own strength or our own ability, but we lean into the only one that can make us whole. And so heavy heart, no matter what brings you here today, I want to pray for and with you and bring our hearts to the only one that can do something with it. So here, let's pray before we jump into today's episode. Thank you so much for taking your time to be here. It's not by accident. Here, let's pray. Lord God, just thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for this opportunity to do another episode, to, to have another opportunity to, to better understand you, to better understand not only what we are going through, but how you've wired us in order for us to be receptive to what you want to do through this chaos that today brings. Lord, help us be able to have a sober heart, a sober mind, help the walls that we build up just to protect ourselves and to help us make it through the day to cope with the difficulties of life. Lord, help those walls go down and help our hearts be softened in order for us to respond to you. Jesus, we need you. We look to you. It's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. As of recording this episode, I live in an apartment complex that outside of my doors, right behind me, outside of these doors, there's an enclosed staircase that leads outside. And every apartment unit that's within this building that I'm in is connected to this enclosed hallway that leads outside. And recently, I found myself stepping over some loose change that was on the floor. But instead of picking up the loose change that day after day, week after week, I was stepping over, instead of picking it up, I found myself just ignoring it. And I found myself the other day just asking myself, Jonah, why are you ignoring this loose change? This change has worth, it has value. Why are you ignoring it? And to me, the only answer I can come up with is that the pennies that were on the ground, the value that it held was not worth the attention to give to it. By the time I was having these thoughts, I was like, man, this is something that I could talk about on the podcast. I took a picture and later on the day when I came back home, I was gonna pick up the change because I was rushing in the morning when I took the picture but when, when I got back home, it was gone. Somebody else must have saw value within the loose change and picked it up. So what I wanted to talk about today is what does the Bible talk about our worth and value? Not just our worth and value, our individual worth and value, but what was my heart, my mind created for to rest in, to find worth and value in? I find myself so often kind of at war, and it just depends on the day, this war of just placing worth and value 
in so many different things. But at the end of the day, what does the Bible say about worth and value? And where can we place the worth and value of our hearts, of our minds, of our affections, of our dreams or aspirations? Where can we place that and invest it in something that can satisfy us and give us a joy in ways that nothing else can? I wanted to start with a passage of scripture where Jesus points to this whole idea that we are worth so much to him. And Jesus says this in Luke chapter 12, verse 7. He says this, Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Another passage that stands out to me is Philippians 3, verse 8. And this also goes with Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And this is what Paul gets at when he's talking about this whole idea of worth and value and what we place it upon in this life. He says this in Philippians 3, verse 8. He says, yes, everything else is worthless when we compare it with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. And I'm going to also read Acts chapter 20, verse 24, and dissect this a little bit. But Paul also goes on to say this, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So here we have Jesus saying that we are worth so much more to him than anything that we can imagine. And we have Paul tapping into the whole idea that Christ, that Jesus is worth more than anything we can imagine. And so we have Jesus, our creator, savior, and sustainer looking at us saying that if you only knew your worth, you would would approach not only me, but approach life in a different way. And then you have Paul saying, look, I'm approaching life in a different way because of Jesus. So through all three of these verses that we read, we can see that we are worth more. We are worth more, that you are worth more than anything that you can fathom. You are worth so much. We also see in these verses that the things that so often we place our affections, desires, and place ourselves and our identity in is worth so much less than anything that we can fathom. So we see this this dichotomy between just the things that so often we place our worth in are not the things that will satisfy us like only Jesus can. I think about passages such as Romans 1.20, where Paul tells the Roman church, he says, look, guys, since the beginning of the foundations of this world, that we, through our eyes, through our senses, we, through creation, can see God's invisible qualities. So we can see that we are not an accident, that you are not here by accident, that through all of the beauty of creation, we can see God's invisible qualities. Therefore, through creation, we are drawn to our creator in order for us to respond to him. And Paul says, therefore, we are without excuse. We are without excuse that each and every one of us, the day that we have been given is a day for us to respond to our creator, savior, sustainer, and for us to see a worth only that can come through seeing our lives through his eyes. 
the prayer of our heart each and every day should be, God, help me see myself and others through your eyes. Help me see my circumstances through your eyes. Help me see a worth and value that nothing of this world could diminish or take away. That even when I feel like loose change that is just overlooked and stepped over or stepped on, Lord, you see a worth and value. And through what you see, I will see myself. We are here, not by accident, but for a plan and purpose so much greater than anything this world can offer. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28, the author writes this, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. But then we also see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, down to verse 17, it says this, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord warned him, You must eat freely of any fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you will surely die. Our worth and value comes from being made in the image of our creator, savior, and sustainer. So God created us in his image. And out of all of creation, we are the pinnacle of his creation. So in order for us to understand our worth and value, we have to understand that we were created, that you are created in the image of your God, that I am created in the image of our God. And when we know that we're created in the image of our God, Passages such as Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 make more sense. And this is what Paul writes to the Ephesians church in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. When we realize our worth and values placed in the fact that we are God's masterpiece, in the image of our creator, savior, sustainer, we were made. When we understand that, we can surrender ourselves when we realize that we are the pinnacle of his creation. We are his masterpiece, created ahead of time to do good works. Now, the sad reality comes in that we were created to do good works, but on our own, we can't do those good works because we, from the very beginning, instead of finding our worth and value upon our creator alone, we took it upon our own hands, literally, and ate from the tree that he demanded us not to from the very beginning of creation of the knowledge of good and evil. Our God created us in his image to be able to choose to find our identity in him. And instead of using the freedom of choice in order to dive deeper into intimacy with our creator, savior, sustainer, we use the freedom of choice in order to rebel and take upon our own hands what our creator, savior, sustainer never intended for us to take into our own hands. But he allowed us to fall in order for us to see a depth of love that we were missing. When you know that you're loved, you don't neglect the person that is loving you. When you know that you are valued, when you know that you are cherished, when you know that there is a worth and value in someone or something, you don't neglect that someone or something. But the moment that you start to diminish the value within someone or something, then we have a tendency to neglect that someone or something. Why? Because the worth and value has gone down in our eyes. And when we start to feel like there's a worth and value upon someone or something that it goes beyond the worth and value of someone or something that we hold, 
then we trade what we hold for something else. We have this perplexity within us as people that we are constantly searching for worth and value greater than what we are currently experiencing. But the Bible tells us that it's only when we see that our worth and value is in the eyes of the beholder and the beholder alone, that is our creator, savior, sustainer, that what he says our worth and value is, that is what our worth and value truly is. It's only when we find our worth and value in our creator, savior, sustainer, that we stop placing worth and value and investing in a king and kingdoms of this world that will never satisfy. When we start to place our time and affections upon a king and a kingdom that is eternal, that will never change in this chaotic world that we live in, that we find our hearts in each and every day. We start to see the worth and value of this temporary world and our temporary lives. We start to see the worth and value go down as the worth and value of our creator goes up. I think about passages such as Romans chapter 1, verse 25, which Paul goes on after verse 20 that we read earlier, he goes on to say this. So they, and when we say they, he means all of us, that we traded the truth about God for a lie. And so we, they, we worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. So when we start to place worth and value, not in our creator, savior, sustainer, but upon everything else, we trade, we trade truth for a lie and we start to worship in the idolatry of not only ourselves, but others and the things of a temporary world. Heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, you are a masterpiece and your life is a gift. And it's only when we place that life upon the only hands that can hold us, that can sustain us, that is only when we find a joy and a satisfaction within this life. Not just a temporary joy, but an eternal joy that nothing can still kill or destroy. When we realize that out of all of creation, that we are a beautiful masterpiece, to our God, then it doesn't matter what happens around us. We know that we are loved and that we are cared for by a God who has his eyes on us and that is around us and with us each and every day. But we will only know that God through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So no matter where today finds you, no matter where you've been, no matter where you are, no matter where tomorrow leads, when we realize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that is the only way that we can be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and petition, bring our hearts to our God, as Philippians 4 verse 8 says. Heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, it's important for us to take care of what God has entrusted to us. And at the end of the day, the only way that we can fix what was made wrong in the Garden of Eden is to entrust our lives upon the only one that has purchased and paid the price for us. And that is Jesus. On the cross, 
he looked at you and he looked at me and he saw that you were that much worth it for him to shed his blood. He became a curse for you and for me in order for us to know our worth and value. And when we realize our worth and value, it's not a chore for us to surrender, to trust him no matter what chaos we find ourselves in. When we fail to know our worth and value, when we fail to experience a joy in the intimacy and obedience in Christ, we will choose ourselves each and every time. We will choose our desires, our affections, our longings. We will start to place that upon the temporary kingdom that our senses are so fooled into believing is the eternal kingdom. And we will choose rebellion each and every time. The problem isn't that there aren't substitutes to sin. The substitute to sin is obedience. The problem isn't that there isn't ways and opportunities for us to be obedient. The problem is, is that we don't see a worth and a value in obedience. That's why we at times will choose ourselves. That's why I go through ups and downs in my walk with the Lord, because instead of finding a joy and obedience and worth and value in obedience, I start to, to deceive myself and accept a lie for truth that creation is better than the creator that I am better than the creator. But it's only when we find our worth and value and our king and the kingdom beyond this that we will start to substitute rebellion for obedience and choose obedience over our sin. We have a God that loves us so much. He has so much beautiful plans for us and so often we miss those plans because we just don't see the worth and value in obedience. But heavy heart, there is a worth and value in obedience. Recently, I, I kind of talked about this with some of my students. I talked about this whole idea of that we were created in order to take care of creation around us. But because of the fall, because of sin, creation around us can tend to become what we worship and what we place our identity in beyond taking this and saying, okay, Lord, help me see this, this temporary king and kingdoms, help me see this on earth as it is in heaven. And I was talking to my students about that. And I just asked them, I said, on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel like you value and you honor the Lord with how you treat creation? And many of them were saying, you know, uh, I mean, five to eight, or some of them even said 10. They were like, oh yeah, I value the environment and I, I, I take care of things and I try to recycle and I try to do all this stuff. And, and even though that's good, I've asked them a follow-up question. I said, on a scale of one to 10, how well are we giving this creation that we are back into the hands of our creator saying, Lord, you can do what you want to do with my body, my mind, my future, my talents. We can only see creation for what it is when we see the creation that we are for what it is. That for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have everlasting life. We long for more because this is not our home. Heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, no matter what season life you are in, we can trust our creator, savior, sustainer, that he cares for us. He cares for us. We are not a lost cause. We are not forgotten. You are not forgotten, but may we place our hearts, our minds, our bodies upon the only God 
that could do immeasurably more than anything we can ask or imagine. May we give it all and trust him that he is faithful to complete the good work that he has begun within us. I wanted to end with an idea that was found in episode 127 of this podcast. And one of my favorite preachers, Judah Smith, he gave a message. And on episode 127, I shared that message with you. He spoke about a whole reality that we can learn a lot about how to view our lives here on earth by studying what the Bible talks about heaven being like. And the passage that he drew a lot from, it was Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. And this is John. He's having a revelation about what is to come. And he says this in Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. He says this, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And all throughout the book of Revelation, you see that everything in heaven is clear, is clear, Heavy heart, the reason why everything in heaven is clear is because even the elements, even water knows that the attention is not on it, but even the elements desire for our eyes to be able to not see the elements, but to be able to see our God. When we start to live our life here on earth as it is in heaven, we are able to see through all of the things of this world and to see a worth and value in our creator, savior, sustainer that propels us to obedience, that propels us to love, to sacrifice, to mercy, to compassion, to humility. That our gaze is fixed upon the only one, the only one that can help us run the race with perseverance. Hebrews chapter 12, the author tells us to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Heavy heart. May we not trust in the ghost machines of this world and the petty loose change of this world, but may we place our worth and value upon a God that is so much more and that has so much more planned for your life. Maybe you're watching or listening to this episode and you just need a reminder that you are not an accident, that your life still has worth and value. Maybe you feel like you've blown it in so many ways and maybe you have, but at the end of the day, our God specializes in taking the things of this world that feel unredeemable and redeeming them in order for our attentions to be placed not upon the things of this world, but upon a king and a kingdom beyond this world. You are not a lost cause. You are not a lost cause. You are not loose change. Lord God, we pray right now in your name, Jesus, that you will overcome our desires, our affections, our emotions today. God, there's so much more than this. And we spend so much time fighting a war that only you, only you have won and will win. Jesus, on the cross, You pay the price for our lives. Lord, help us surrender those lives to you. Lord, I pray for those right now that are fighting wars with other people or even fighting a war within themselves. Lord, deliver us. Cast our gaze upon you. Lord, help us see our worth. Help us see our worth. We are worth so much more than anything this world can offer. 
Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Lord, you mortgaged all of heaven in order for us to see our worth and value. And Jesus, we want to give our hearts, our affections, our time, our energies, our futures to you, that you and you alone can help us complete the good works that you have designed us from, from our mother's womb. Lord, help us trust you and walk in your ways in obedience in a joy of our salvation, our freedom that has been purchased through you. Jesus, thank you that you overcame the grave, that you defeated death so that we don't have to be held back as slaves of sin and death any longer. Lord, you are the resurrected king and through you, we experience a resurrection from the decay and the chaos of this life. Lord, no matter what comes, we are yours. We are your beloved and you love us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, help us not give our hearts any longer to the idols of this world. Thank you, God. Help us see ourselves and others and the things of this world as you see them. It's all meaningless apart from knowing you. It's in your name we pray and we surrender and we cry out. Oh, no. 
My 